If you're looking for a place to hang out, figure out where you can take the next step in your dairy farming business, then you're in the right spot. Welcome to the High Performance Herd podcast. Here we will inform you what you can do today to future-proof your business for tomorrow. A big thanks to our sponsors Fonterra, IDEX, Kuru Diagnostics, Taz Herd, Tasmanian Dairy Trust, Zoetis, NHIA, Data Mars. I'm your host, Andrew Savage. Enjoy this episode of the High Performance Herd podcast wherever you may be listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and jump on our Facebook group, The High Performance Herd Project. Hi, today in the High Performance Herd studio, I have Lena Ferryman. Lena is a veterinarian with Vet Life in Canterbury, New Zealand, and through our work has developed an analysis and reporting system called CowSmart, which is giving farmers powerful insights from using collar information and reproduction performance data. She is also a dairy farmer running a 700 cow farm with her husband. With joining nearly upon us, we thought it timely to talk about heat detection and collars and how her clients are using collars to monitor their herd reproduction. Hi, Lena. Welcome to the High Performance Herd podcast. And tell us something about yourself that most people don't know about you. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Uh, something people don't know about me, I play the ukulele poorly. Um, and I am into amateur theatre as well. So, um, yeah, sometimes you find me on stage. But, uh, yeah, consider yourself warned. It's, it's not necessarily a good thing. It's a far cry from the uh, dairy sheds of Canterbury onto the big yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very clever. You're obviously multi-talented. Oh, I yeah. don't know about that, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. very much for that. Um, many no collar companies have um, dashboards that are giving mm -hmm. farmers rumination information and heat activity yep. and other activity type of information. But you have taken the data from collars to another level. Tell us how this came about. What problem were you trying to solve? Well, essentially, we knew that technology was going to be a big part of our industries going forward and that it would have a huge impact on how how we farm and how we support our farmers as as vets as well um, we had clients asking questions and we wanted to be able to provide some answers to those questions as well um, so we saw that there was a need for um, veterinary involvement in this space and so we had to sit down and get familiar with um, what types of collars that are out there, um, how they work, what they can and cannot do in order to support our clients uh, the best way possible and to make the most of their investment. Um, these are more than just heat detectors so there's, there's heaps more you can do with them and so it was a way to, to meet that need um, for our clients basically. That's great, and he covered off return on investment, and we'll talk about that mm. a little bit later on, but that's so important, um, you know, just spending a lot of money. So f focusing on the actual collar itself, for yep. those of you out there listening that may not have collars, or some people probably have got collars, but actually have no idea how they work, 
Um, yeah, how does a collar actually work? Mm, yeah, it's a good question, and uh, you almost have to see it in action to um, believe that it's not just witchcraft. But it's, it's basically like a, a cow Fitbit. So it sits on the cow's neck, and it measures uh, the head position and movement, uh, or ear position and movement in the case of ear tags. Um, so it can pick up when a cow bobbing her head up and down or from side to side like when she's walking when she's sitting in the paddock um, chewing her cud ruminating or when she jerks her head back and, and rides another cow um, so the devices have a lot of clever technology in them and there's a lot of clever math going into it um, so it looks at some data points created from these movements and then it compares it to um, some information within the system to say this cow is likely with the movements that she's doing right now to have, be having a heat um, because I know she's this far from calving. She had a heat 21 days ago. She's jerking her head, riding another cow. I'm going to flag that as a heat on the system. So it's a very flash um, Fitbit for cows basically. That's really cool. And you did talk a little bit there, just as a bit of a deviation, about mm -hmm. tags and collars. And yes. that's a question I get asked quite a lot is um, mm -hmm. ear tags versus collars. What are the differences in your opinion? So the basically it's the same technology. So they have developed algorithms to um, assess the behaviour of the cows. And in the case of the ear tag, it is based on ear movement. So just like a cow will do certain things with her head, she will also do certain things with her ears when she's walking or riding a cow and that sort of thing. So the difference is that it's based on uh, different movements, but in terms of the technology, it's very similar. It works the same. Um, you also have uh, rumen bolluses. Um, that sit in, in, the, in the stomach of the cow. Same principle, except they also work on pressure, so rumen contractions, and they can measure other things like um, when a stream of cold water comes past, then it measures temperature and it can measure how much that cow is drinking, um, and also rumen pH in certain instances. Um, so there's a lot of options out there, but the technology is based on the same thing which is movement and velocity. So all similar principles, but all have different they are, applications. Yes. yes, and they'll be presented in different ways as well. So depending on your system, um, but obviously heat heat and health is, is a big one for all, all the brands out there currently. And it's getting pretty competitive with all the different brands as well. Very competitive, the, yes. Yeah. Um, You've said a lot about what collars can do, and I think a lot of farmers know yeah. what collars can do. There's probably some myth-busting needed about yes. some things that they actually can't do, and yeah. they, uh, I'd love you to talk about that a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah, no, that's, I really appreciate that question, actually, Andrew, because um, there is a bit that needs to be said about that. Um, it is easy to think that you can put a collar on a cow and then the collar will know everything about the cow. Um, it doesn't quite work like that. So like we've touched on it before, but it works on 
likelihoods. So it's basically basically a little bit of um, a statistical model that is sitting on the cow every day, looking at what it's doing and then saying, well, I think when she's behaving like this, that means that she's in heat or um, that she's got a health issue. So um, things that the collars can do is pick heat really, really accurately. So they sit on the neck or in the ear of the cow and they watch that cow every minute of the day, 24-7. That is very, very accurate technology. And um, yes, you can trust that those heats are likely um, very accurate. It can pick, they can pick um, health issues in cows, but they cannot pick all health issues in cows. So they will pick up things that affect the activity or the eating behavior of the cow. So if that diminishes because she's feeling unwell, the collar will pick it up. But if she has mastitis and she's not otherwise affected, the collar will not pick it up. So it's very important to know that although the collar will alert you to certain illnesses in cows, it will not tell you every single sick cow that you get on farm. So stockmanship is still super important. Um, Pregnancies. They can tell you if a cow is showing signs of heat or if they're not showing signs of heat. So a pregnant cow is obviously not showing signs of heat, except if she does. So there are certain numbers of cows, like 3% of cows that are pregnant will still show heats. Um, And we do also see systems um, that will pick up or flag a cow as potentially on heat, even though she is recorded as pregnant. We obviously see abortions and and lost pregnancies and that sort of thing. Um, But you can also see, for instance, a pregnant cow with two weak heats in a 50-day period. So we can't look at the data and say she's probably pregnant or she's probably empty. The only thing that can do that is a pregnancy diagnosis. So some collar companies will say you can save on scanning if you use the collars. As a vet, I would have to say you should always get a proper diagnosis before you color care or enroll it into a mating program, jabbing it with various drugs. So those are very important to, to be aware of, um, that collars can do many things, but they can't do everything. They also can't tell you what disease we're talking in the cow, it can just tell you, I think something's up with this one, you should go and check it out. So good farm management and good stockmanship is, should always be used in combination with the, with the collar technology. So they're definitely not a set and forget magic. Definitely not. Remedy. No. So that's no. interesting. And, and it sounds it's sort of similar to, I had talked to Ollie Roberts from Pasture IO with his satellite system and his Hi. system. Yeah, it requires other information, you know, uh, grazings to be entered and um, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And I guess collars sound like they're quite similar. They really need the power of the extra data, good records. Definitely, Um, yeah. And some very important ones to get right is, for instance, an accurate calving date. Because after a calving, the system will suppress any heat activity that it picks up. So it says, oh, this cow calved five days ago. I'm seeing what I think is a heat, but it can't be because she calved five days ago. So you have to put in the correct calving date or the system won't be looking for heats at the right time. 
Same thing with joinings. If you've just had a joining, depending on the system, it will not draft the cow again for the next 12 hours because then it's just, she's still on heat and we don't need to inseminate her again. So it's, it's really important to get your data entry right for the system to work in your favour, 100%. Sounds good. So there's probably a bit of savings there by the sounds as far as you know, semen use, uh, inseminating a cow the next day, you know, when she leaves yes. the tail paint on and gets rubbed Absolutely. down the lane way. And yeah. we touched on return on investment earlier, and I yes. guess that's a good segue into that. Um, yep. Clients I hear are talking about labour saving, especially around heat detection. Yep. How are your clients using collars for heat detection? Are they saving all that labour and money? I think um, there, there's two questions there. Um, in terms of saving the money, it's definitely a way to um, treat the right cow at the right time with the right drug. So instead of blindly saying, we think you guys haven't had a heat, jab, 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 we can, we can measure. And they're on from, from the point of carving, we can see have they had a heat. Um, so we can identify the non-cyclers, we can identify the cows that we want to jab if we want to enroll them into a YWAP program, that sort of thing. So jabbing the right cow, it should um, reduce the amount of drugs that you use on farm. Um, you'll pick up silent heats with these, so the cows that have very weak or no heat signs that wouldn't get their tail paint rubbed, these systems will pick them up. Um, so you will have uh, a bit of a return there, picking up those cows. Um, you should not need to use patches or tail paint. Um, in fact, they encourage that you don't because the, uh, the signs that we see with tail paint are rubbing and that is in the beginning of the heat. So the collars will pick up the heat a little bit later on. It's looking for the peak of activity. Um, so we tend to pick cows just marginally early when we use tail paint. And that means that when we're up on the stand looking at tail paint and comparing it to the collar data, they won't always match. So that can muddy the picture a bit. So you would most likely see the cow with the rub tail paint the next day on your collar software. But you've paid the money. Um, this is going to do better heat detection than uh, not all of us. The best of us will do similar. Um, but the technology is there and it's working. So um, why spend money on the tail paint? That's a, that's a fairly big saving. Um, Sex semen, if you use that sort of thing, using it in cows that are actually on heat um, within the breeding window for sex semen, um, which is a bit shorter than conventional semen. And depending on your farm system, you can do away with bulls, don't need to do bulls anymore, and uh, also higher value um, calves if you're looking at introducing beef or carrying on with beef. Um, instead of the, the bulls towards the end. So those are probably sort of the the saving or return on investment um, points to make. In terms of the labor, um, that is a good one because uh, you have to look at what problem you're trying to solve. So <clears throat> if it's heat detection, obviously the collars will do that. So you no longer need to stand up on the platform watching the cows go by. Um, but what are you going to do instead? Unless you send your um, staff away on annual leave 
or you go away for any leave, um, you are not going to save money there. You're probably just going to go and do something else. But that something else could be good. It could be beneficial to your business. It could be reviewing your budget. Um, so in terms of labor saving, for the most part, you would probably just be sending them out to do something else elsewhere on farm. Um, collars don't milk cows and they don't pick up calves. So you still need to have enough people on hand. And that's something to watch out for if you have to drop a staff member to make it work, putting on cow collars. You have to make sure that your system can withstand that on the whole um, through through calving as well. Mm. There's some big ticket things you're talking about there and mm. as far as the dairy business goes, uh, you know, no bulls, for example. like yeah. uh, And you know yourself in robot systems, usually the biggest limitation in a robot system is the person or the humans that are interacting and they are the ones that, yeah. mess it all up so yeah. um, a <laughs> lot probably happens. around yeah mindset I guess uh, yeah. would be something to prepare yourself for as you're a farmer and really be open-minded as you know if you um, say I've always just been farming mm -hmm. like granddad farmed and I've always done it this way yeah. you might struggle a little bit so you're really got to be adaptable yeah um, and I think that's an important point to make too if you're considering implementing this technology what what problem are you trying to solve? Do you actually want the solution that that they're providing? Um, yeah, you definitely have to be be ready to to embrace it. And I love that you say it doesn't necessarily save labour, but you get an opportunity to spend time on another part of your business yes. that might be a five percenter. So uh, yep. fantastic insights. And once these mm -hmm. collars are all installed and gathering all this data everywhere. What have you been doing with the information? How, how do you extract it? And then what are you doing with it? Well, depending on the system, you can get um, the raw data out in sort of spreadsheet format. And then depending on what you're wanting to look at, you can kind of highlight trends um, within the, the farm performance. And the, the way that I've been doing it is I've been extracting lots of data around heats and pregnancies. And then I've married that up with treatment records and um, sort of the milk docket as well, even weather in some instances, and looked at what, um, for instance, your, your reproductive performance at the end of the year, um, how was your conception rate, how quickly did the cows have a heat. So there's that big sort of, um, analysis or assessment of decisions we made and what are we going to do for next year that's one part of it then the other part of it is supporting farmers day to day sort of in the dairy shed um, at calving if we have too many health alerts what should we be looking into um, helping them with the colostrum cow management and um, what to look out for and, and how to deal with it um, pre-mating are we on track are we doing what we should be doing are there things we can do to hopefully improve our result mid-mating how are we going um, dry off plans it depends on basically what the farmer would like to get out of the system that's where we start and then we we try to deliver that and then we talk about other things they might like so it's very farm dependent and I think that's what's so cool about this that um, this is actually 
totally customizable to the farm. So it relates to your farm in your area with the environment that you farm under um, and the, the structures that you've put in place. So it's super specific assessment and, and data and information delivered back to you from things that are just sitting around the necks of the cows anyway. So um, that's that's what we've been doing and we're finding that there's a big difference in what people are interested in and, and how deep they want to go. Um, but so far it's been super fun and we're learning new things as well. Um, how long does it take a cow to have her first heat after calving? And what's normal? So there are lots of things that we're starting to, to look into and that's benefiting everybody, um, the farms that don't have collars as well. So it's really, it's going to be big knock on effects from all of this. And yeah, I think, I think so. It's fantastic. You talk about different farming systems and I know with the high performance herd project farm currently, mm -hmm. I think there's this huge opportunity you know, for those first early carbon cows, maybe the first two cycles to actually see who, which of those cows are cycling and not cycling you know, a long time before the tail enders. And I guess that's yes. how some of your clients are using this information yep. to intervene. Yeah. Well, we look at, you know, what were the averages? We break it down to ages and um, we look at who tests as well, who tests results, and the high producing cows versus low producing cows. All of course, the everybody should be herd testing. Yeah. They? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's quite it's quite fun when you are not only looking at one parameter; you're bringing in a bunch of them, and that's exactly what you're doing. It's it's looking at all the things we can measure and see what we can get out of that. So, yeah, we're very much trying to to do that as well, but with a veterinary twist. So I guess one big question farmers should be asking before they decide on a collar company is can I extract that raw data because that is where yes. all of this is coming from and we've heard about where it's coming from where's it all going what does the future look like <laughs> in your world where do you think collars and your reporting are heading I've seen your reports they're fantastic maybe we might be able to screenshot a couple for the high performance sure. Facebook group if we're allowed to do that uh, but I'd love to know yeah what you think the future looks like well I think um, yeah I had this question the other day actually as well I, I think technology is here to stay like there's no denying that and and we're going to see more and more of it not necessarily on every farm um, but certainly we're seeing staffing issues on farms the veterinary industry is also screaming out for people. So um, there are fewer people on the ground and this technology is giving us an opportunity to support people from a distance. So I, I actually see maybe a high performance team that's consisting of, you know, a combination of the farmers and the vets on the ground and um, advisors from a distance that can log in and interpret the data. It's not always that simple. Um, you have to get yourself familiar with the systems before you can advise people on um, what to do and how to interpret it. So I could definitely imagine a future where um, people are supporting farmers from from far away. Um, so I think that that will be something we'll see in the future, more people like me. Yeah, you did right. Hasn't COVID mm. opened up a whole new world in that space? Um, yeah, yeah. We're all more sort of 
open-minded in, in, in the sense that we don't have to work with people in a 50-kilometre radius. It, it can be um, over teams. Yeah. That's great. And before COVID, I wouldn't even get on a FaceTime call. I was that no. shy. Now, here, look at me. I'm on <laughs> yeah. all over the world or well, to a few people. <laughs> um, you've shared so much valuable information. We could Good. really drill down into things for hours. Um, yes, we could. We might have to get you back at some stage and um, we could niche down on maybe specific parts because there's a real sure. demand for this type of information. Yeah. What would be one key takeaway? that you think our listeners should come away with? One. I would pick one. <laughs> I'll put it, yeah, this is tricky <laughs> for you, I know. Yes. <laughs> um, technology should be a tool that helps us. It, it should not be something that um, sends us down a rabbit hole. So um, it should solve a problem or improve a situation. Um, it should not... Uh, be a time waster. So that's a big one. And the next one is getting your records accurate because otherwise it's not going to do what you want it to do. So that was two. Oh, you snuck one in there, but <laughs> we'll let you away with it this time. I know you've got about 10 down here, so you've done really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming and talking to us and sharing your value with our listeners. And no we really Appreciate it, and we'll have you back on here at some stage soon. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Herd podcast. Thanks to the sponsors, Fonterra, IDEX, Courier Diagnostics, Taz Herd, the Tasmanian Dairy Trust, Zoetis, NHIA, Data Mars. Feel free to subscribe and review the podcast. Share it with your friends. The more, the merrier. Jump on Facebook, search the High Performance Herd Project, and you're very welcome to join the High Performance Herd private Facebook group. If you want to see a video of this podcast, jump on YouTube or www.highperformanceherd.com where you'll see a link to these sponsors for more information and more information on the High Performance Herd project which is a real life dairy farm spring block carving right here at Tassie. Thanks very much and we'll see you next week.